Russell Drysdale exists in the popular imagination as probably the quintessential Australian artist whose images of Outback Australia and its inhabitants defined the way Australians saw themselves in the post-war era. And Drysdale himself had cultivated a very interesting image of himself as the typical Australian bloke. At an exhibition opening, the then director of the National Gallery of Victoria, Darrell Lindsay, said to him, you know, Taz, you and I here are the only two blokes who could round up a mob of bullocks. But was this really the real Russell Drysdale? I think there's a lot more to him. In fact, he wasn't even born in Australia. He was born in 1912 in England, in Surrey and his family were wealthy pastoralists with extensive sugar estates in northern Queensland. He didn't come to live in Australia permanently until 1923, when he became a boarder at the exclusive Geelong Grammar School. And in fact, during the 1930s, he spent much of his time travelling around Europe. In 1935, Russell Drysdale decided to become an artist, partly inspired by what he'd seen overseas. And he enrolled at the most modern art school in Melbourne, the Bell Shaw School. In 1938, he continued his studies overseas and studied both in Paris and London, exposing himself to modernism, the school of Paris, and also looking very closely at surrealism. And he only returns to Australia in 1939 at the outbreak of the Second World War. Now, this was to be quite a pivotal point for Russell Drysdale. He tried to enlist, but because of um, poor eyesight, was rejected. And so instead he moves in 1940 to become an overseer at one of his family's properties in Albury. In Albury, Drysdale completed a series of paintings including the NGV's wonderful Moody's Pub. These were exhibited in 1942 and the exhibition was incredibly well received and in fact paintings were purchased for the Art Gallery of New South Wales, the Art Gallery of South Australia and it was at this time that the NGV acquired Moody's Pub. Now to have such a reception for a young artist, only his second show, was extraordinary. And the paintings were also widely reproduced, in fact even in international magazines. And really this set Drysdale on his way towards becoming a very well-known Australian artist. And it was immediately recognised that he was painting something quite different. He was painting the Australian character. The war years were a difficult time for Drysdale and we see his work becoming darker in mood all the way through. And then in 1944 he was offered an extraordinary opportunity to travel to far western New South Wales which was in the grips of the worst drought ever seen and to record the devastation upon the countryside of that drought. And the paintings that he painted upon his return were immediately recognised as presenting a very new and unique vision. Yet some people also called them unpatriotic because they showed the country in such a harsh light. In 1950, Russell Drysdale became the first Australian artist to have a solo exhibition in London. And in fact, one work from this exhibition was even purchased for the Tate Gallery collection. And this was the beginning of Drysdale's international reputation. And he was to exhibit in London several more times throughout the 50s and into the 60s. During the 1950s, Russell Drysdale also undertook a series of journeys to very remote parts of Australia at the time. Cape York, Darwin, the Kimberley region, journeys that he would document with his camera and the wonderful collection of photographs of these trips is also in the collection of the National Gallery of Victoria. 
By the 1960s, Drysdale was undoubtedly Australia's best-known artist, and the decade began with a retrospective at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, and concluded with his knighthood in 1969. But it was also a decade of great personal tragedy, with the death of both his son and his wife within two years of each other. Drysdale's greatest contribution to Australian art was to create images of Australia that really had never been seen before. Images of the outback, images of the inhabitants of this country and images that ultimately defined the way that Australians saw themselves.